Let's pray. Lord, thank you uh, once again for your love and for showing us uh, what the waters of baptism mean and can do for our lives. Thank you, God, for leading people here to this place um, to know you more, to get to know you more, to experience a Christian community and uh, so many other blessings and benefits uh, that come with being part of the body of Christ. So as we think about these things, Lord, we are grateful, and we pray that you would uh, teach us how to live lives of gratitude. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this sermon series is new for the month. Uh, gratitude and generosity seems like a fitting thing to get into as we go into the Thanksgiving season. Thanksgiving remains in our culture the skipped holiday. Uh, if you've been to the stores, you know all the Christmas stuff is out. There aren't too many wreaths made up of wheat and pumpkins and things like that. It's all red and green and Christmas ornaments. And I like Christmas a lot, but I'm also trying to be thankful with my life. And to use those things, uh, th those uh, tools that we've been learning about in our Anxious for Nothing study, how do I rejoice? How do I uh, pray and take my burdens to the Lord so that I might experience God's peace and blessing and thankfulness? So a lot of this series is going to keep building on that and not living lives of anxiety and fear, but living lives of gratitude and generosity. And this also flows from this Thrive thing we've been talking about. The abundant life in Jesus Christ. It's one where we live according to him and his love. And when we do, we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot of gratitude to live. And God uh, provides us as his people with so many things that we can then turn and be generous with. So living an abundant and thriving life is living a life of gratitude. They're the same thing. They're not separate principles. So the main points of this series. First, we're going to talk about gratitude. Now, our culture doesn't do this well, probably. You maybe have seen that. You know that. The people dreaming up marketing strategies, they're not successful because people are thankful and content. They're successful because we want more, and we buy it, and we see the commercial. I watched a football game yesterday that wasn't pre-recorded, which means I had to see commercials. It was terrible. Now, I didn't go buy anything from those commercials. In fact, I got kind of annoyed by them, but... Uh, people's jobs, their livelihood is dependent upon us seeing those and then going to purchase the product or the service that was being pitched. So people in our culture, they are successful in selling us things because we are often discontent and painfully blind to God's blessing in our lives. That's why we want more when we really have plenty. Our culture also feeds off fear. We talked about this a lot in our last series. Fear will motivate us, it will control us to do whatever lessens that fear or increases our sense of security. And at the end of the day, this is the opposite of living an abundant life in Jesus Christ. Our culture also feeds off hurry, this idea that you better do it now or get on it now or you're going to miss out or you're probably going to fail. We live a hurried life. One thing that I'm learning in my life is, is that somehow when I am thankful, intentionally thankful and rejoicing and expressive of my gratitude to God and to other people, when I do that well, the hurry actually melts away. Even if I really am late or stressed or missing a deadline, when we focus on these things that bring us gratitude, those other things that tend to pre-program us and drive us in our lives and in our culture become less. And I hope you can experience that too. Hurry might get us where we are going in the world quicker. If I want to get to Ames quicker, I drive faster, right? You all know. You all have been there as well. 
but it never gets us, hurry never gets us to where Jesus is taking us faster. The life that we live in Christ is one where Jesus sets the pace, he sets the cruise control, or not, he steers the wheel, he is all that we live for. And so with gratitude, we must reject the hurry and the fear and those things that work against what God is doing in our lives so that we can slow down and we can see what God is doing around us in an intentional way. Gratitude is about being able to rejoice, give thanks, and recognize God's abundant provisions for you and for me and for us. And to believe that even when we don't see it and even when we don't experience it, God is still good and his provision is still good even if we haven't fully understood or realized it. The other part of this series is going to be generosity. Our culture is often sending us mixed messages about generosity. What do I mean by that? In one instance, we might see billionaires giving money to a start a school or fund cancer research. We call that generous, and, and it can be. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be doing that with their money. But in another instance, we're being compelled to gain as much money and stuff as we possibly can so that someday we can stop gaining money and stuff, right? And mentally, that that's very easily leads us into this sort of scarcity mindset that we never have enough, or, or it leads us to become people that hoard what God has blessed us with, even the stuff that he gave us for the sake of blessing others with. And in other instances in our world today, we don't view generosity as something purely about the gift. What do I mean by that? We see and we are encouraged to leverage generosity, so-called generosity, for our own or current future benefit, right? What do I mean? Uh, like the large gift to a politician by a special interest group. We're going to generously support your campaign, but we're going to want something in return down the road. That's not generosity, friends. Or the giving away of our possessions or time and then expecting something in return from the person that we gave to and blessed. It's not really generosity. So God tells us in the scriptures that we are blessed to be a blessing. That's a theme that Allison's going to preach on next week. That God blesses his people for the sake of blessing others, particularly those who do not yet know the love of God. And this is a spiritual blessing for sure, but it extends to all of who we are and what we have. God calls us to steward faithfully many talents, many resources, many times in our lives for the sake of God's plans, his work, and his good news, his gospel. And so we are seeking in this series a holistic and a biblical view of money, time, resources, and all that we are in Jesus Christ. We're going to throw out the idea that we should chop up our lives into segments and that nothing should run together. And we have the God stuff here and we have the my stuff here. That's a paradigm we want to throw out with this series. Because everything that we have, everything that we are, is because of God. And we want to live more generously as God intends us to live. And so today, gratitude starts with God. That's our focus today. And so I want to ask you, I'm going to make you think, what are you thankful for right now? What are you thankful for? Where does your mind go when you hear that question? Are you thankful for people? For, for stuff? For things? Material things? Are you thankful for experiences? Emotions? 
And then where does God fit into the answer to that question? Where does God's provision and God's blessing fit in? Where does the church, where does the gospel, where does eternal life fit into that mental list that you just made of what you're thankful for? For us today, we want to start at the beginning and recognize that all that we are, that all that we have to be thankful for is actually rooted in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And our Ephesians text does that well. So the rest of this message, we're just going to read through Ephesians uh, with a few notes here. And I encourage you, because we're just taking a chunk, we have these pew Bibles in your pew. If you're up front, they're underneath uh, your front there. And I want you to turn to page 1,817 and read through this Ephesians text with me. Page 1,817, Ephesians 1, starting with verse 3. Praise be to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. So this text we heard this morning and just heard again, uh, this begins with who gets the praise? It's to God the Father and to his son Jesus Christ. God gets the praise. God, God is the object of our affection, right? He's the object of the one that we are communicating our thankfulness and our gratitude towards. That's where it starts. And what has God done according to this passage? God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That, that sounds like a lot. God has blessed us as his people, followers of Jesus, in the spiritual realm with every, every spiritual blessing. Now, two things with that. First, the blessing is, again, every spiritual blessing. Every means every, right? All of them. Everything that is in and of Christ Jesus himself is part of the blessing here that we as his church receive. That means that all that Christ is, all that the Holy Spirit has and is, all the gifts, all the provisions, everything is available to us in Christ Jesus. To me, that's encouraging. And the second thing on this passage is this. It's available to us in Christ. In Christ. Not in our effort, not in our paganism or our humanism, not in our good ideas, not even in our great ideas. Not in our financial means. Not in any other God, spiritual figure, political figure, golden figure, or even in ourselves. In Christ Jesus is where God makes these things available to us. That's where our foundation needs to be. Nowhere else are we going to find every spiritual blessing. So what blessings do we have in Christ? Paul continues with verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. So we have redemption, we are redeemed, not because of his blood, as an event 2,000 years in the past, or something far away, rather through his blood, meaning that Jesus' death becomes our baptism. What we see, what we do, what we talk about here in the waters of baptism is this. It is the redemption. It is the washing away of our sins. 
And Jesus' sacrifice, his blood, is specifically and intimately what cleanses us and forgives us from our sins. The ones that we know, the ones that everyone knows, the ones that only we know, the ones that we even try to hide from God. By grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we have redemption. And this because God lavishes us with his grace. He pours it on and pours it on and pours it on. Continuing with verse 8, with all under, with wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So God has revealed to us, his people, this mystery in and through Christ. The revelation of this mystery is that when God's will and when his purposes are reaching their fulfillment when they're done, it will bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth. And that unity is under Christ. It's under his lordship. Jesus is the king. He's the head of that unity. It's not unity as our world tends to talk about unity. It is something far more profound and holy. It is a godly unity that can only originate with God. And so if you want to dig more into what that unity looks like, Read the last two chapters of Revelation in your Bible when you go home today. The new heaven and the new earth, God's plans reaching their fulfillment. It gives us a vision, it gives us a picture of what that begins to look like when Jesus returns finally. Verse 11. In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might for the praise might be for the praise of his glory. So in Christ in him we are chosen. Other translations say that we have obtained an inheritance. Now this is a past tense chosen. And it's a past tense obtained an inheritance. It implies that it's done. It's sorted out already. Meaning that when we are in Christ Jesus, when our hope is in Christ Jesus, when we live for the praise of God's glory, the work is done. The destiny has already been worked out and decided. And Paul continues this in verse 13. He says, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So here Paul writes that when we believe, after hearing the message of the gospel, the truth, the gospel of salvation, we are sealed. Sealed. Not with a brand or with a tattoo or a bank account, but with the Holy Spirit himself. The presence of God himself here on earth. And this is the presence of Christ's spirit in us. It is our guarantee. It is our seal of the inheritance of eternal life, of every spiritual blessing that Paul already talked about, and for paradise forever and ever. Amen. This is what it, we are sealed with. This is what we are promised. Now, I had a lot more scripture that we could tie in for this message, uh, but this Ephesians passage really hits so much that I just want us to, I want it to sink in here, right? Uh, we actually find so much, everything that is anything, right, 
uh, that we have to be thankful for, if God is where it all starts, uh, we have all of this to experience gratitude for. So according to Ephesians 1, you are blessed in every heaven and every you are blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual gift. You are blessed. You were chosen before the creation of the world to be part of God's family. You were redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You are lavished with God's grace. You are receivers of this mystery of God's will and his plan to bring unity to heaven and on earth. You are chosen and obtainers of an inheritance that cannot be taken away from you. You are included in Christ when you hear and believe the gospel, and you are sealed with the Holy Spirit who resides in each and every believer and true follower of Jesus Christ. So what are you thankful for? What can you experience gratitude about today? Friends, if we are to experience a daily contentment, daily gratitude about our life situation, our possessions, our provisions, our earthly relationships, and so forth, you could make a long list, the physical stuff, the tangible stuff. The pathway for true gratitude there in all of that stuff begins as we realize that all God has done for us, all that he is doing for us is good. And there's this spiritual foundation that becomes our foundation for all of the other stuff that we have an opportunity to be thankful for in our lives. And in the spiritual reality, the believer in Jesus and the follower of Jesus truly lacks nothing. Nothing. That's contentment. And that spiritual blessing, that inheritance, cannot under any circumstance be taken away by external problems, by fears, and by our anxieties. We have a lot to have gratitude for. In our coming weeks, we're going to be digging into God's word regarding a couple of other things. We're going to dig into what God calls us to do with our spiritual blessing and other blessings. Uh, then we're going to talk about what the scriptures tell us about our resources and possessions, things like time and money and other things in that vein. Uh, Joel talked about those a little bit ago. And then we're going to wrap up this series, The Weekend of Thanksgiving, reflecting on how we as Emmanuel and as God's people can live each day with thankful and generous hearts. So that's where we're going with this. I invite you to stick with us on this one. I think it is really countercultural to think this way in the world that we live in, and God has called us to experience a life that we're not going to find in the culture. We're going to find it here in his word. So with that, let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, for the scripture passage from Ephesians this morning. We thank you, God, for reaffirming to us all that you say that we are and every blessing that you have lavished on us as your children. Lord, I pray that we would leave here today truly believing that we lack nothing because when we have you, we have it all. Lord, would you show us how to take that truth and build our lives there through your Holy Spirit and through your leading? And would you show us, Lord, how we can each and every day live lives that truly are lives overflowing with gratitude for your love and your grace. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.